0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Yarn Thing Podcast with Marley Bird. I'm your host Marley Bird. You can catch the Yarn Thing Podcast live every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock Mountain Time. That's 12 o'clock on the East Coast, 9 o'clock on the West Coast, and 11 o'clock in the Midwest. If you are anywhere else in the world and would like to join us live for the broadcast, please Google what time 10 o'clock Mountain Time is for you. I do live in Denver, Colorado if that helps and come and join the fun. We always have the live broadcast that happens on Blog Talk Radio. There is also a Facebook Live behind the scenes that happens um, over on the Marley Bird Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Marley Bird and you'll find us right there. And all of those videos are available until Facebook makes it so that way. Like, if I have too many videos, I think they start taking off the older ones. So those are there um, until that time frame. But uh, it's always a good time. There's lots of people over there. And they have wonderful chatting conversations. And we supply links and all that good stuff during the actual live broadcast. I want to say thank you to our sponsors, Buffalo Wool Company, Creative Bug, Erin Lane Bags, Craftsy.com, Stitches.Events, And last but certainly not least, Red Heart Yarns, where I'm the proud national spokesperson. You can learn more about the sponsors by visiting marleybird.com and clicking on the sponsor menu. There's a direct link to each sponsor there in the menu. You can go by, say hello, get some of their stuff, and tell them thank you for supporting your favorite podcast. So, hello, everybody. I'm so glad you are here. We have a longtime friend of mine on the show today. But if I remember correctly, this is the first time she's actually been on my podcast. And I am thrilled because. Michelle Hunter, who is famously known as Knit Pearl Hunter on YouTube, was one of the first YouTube stars that I actually watched when I started getting involved with YouTube a little bit. And she is she's phenomenal. And what she's been able to do with her career and expand out from being, you know, just a wonderful knitting teacher and hobbyist to where she is today is amazing. And I can't wait to hear more about her story and have all of you hear about it too. So I'm gonna bring Michelle on the line. I think this is her. So I'm going to click on this. Michelle, is that you? Maybe. Let's try this one more time. Michelle?
1: Yes, Marley. Oh,
0: there you are. <laughs> I was like, I think we're going 614. I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for that kind introduction. That was very nice of you.
0: Oh, absolutely. Very well deserved. Very well deserved. Um, Sorry, I started off a little bit late here today. I've been running around trying to, you know, you know, trying to get things done before the show, and it always, inevitably, I'm just like a couple minutes late, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. All right, I'm here. We got this. <laughs> just no
1: problem. Cram, I was right? jamming to your waiting music, so no problem.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Constantly trying to cram everything in. Um, So much fun. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever, and at the same time, I just saw you recently right i saw you um in pittsburgh but then were you at stitches midwest i can't remember
1: yes we ran into each other very okay. briefly in i think the breakfast room and yes that's so, right um,
0: right and, and isn't it crazy how like we can be at an event like that I mean, for four or five days and not really see each other like it's just because we're just so incredibly busy the whole
1: time well and we're usually spend most of our time in the classroom. So it's hard to spend time with the other instructors, which is really one of the most favorite things for me to do because it's really nice to talk and connect with people who, who do what I do.
0: Yep. I'm totally with you on that. So I want to tell everybody kind of the fun little story how I don't even remember where it was we were flying to or from or whatever. Um, But it was you and Andrea Wong and myself were all on the plane and we all sit in the same row, and I think that was some of the best, like, airplane conversation I've ever had, because just what we were talking about, being able to sit and actually have genuine conversation with other knitwear designers
1: and teachers,
0: and just, it, it was so much fun.
1: It was a great thing, and before we had just, you and I had, we knew each other, said hello, just more of a clings, but when we, after that flight, it was, it was just great hearing about everything that you're doing and to share it with you and Andrea, it was a lot of fun. So I agree. I have a great memory of that.
0: That's so great. Well, let's tell everybody a little bit about you because what I, what I envision is you have all of these followers from YouTube who know you as this wonderful knitting instructor on YouTube, but they might not know very much about you or heard your story in a podcast situation. So let's just take it literally from the beginning. Tell us your story. How did you, Get involved with knitting, and how did the YouTube start? because you were one of the first you were a pioneer in that um, right, and Maya, right. you know, you're just you're doing great things, so I want to hear your story
1: well i was I actually am a an early childhood educator, so I was teaching and working part time at the local yarn shop, you know just to kind of feed my yarn habit and and started teaching a couple of classes, and you know how that goes it kind of snowballs into doing more classes. And I had a class that met every month, and it was a sock of the month club kind of. And we had a new design or new technique that was featured in the sock of that month. Well, I was going to be teaching a new heel, it was actually the garter stitch short row heel, I remember. And if you are familiar with socks, you know that a heel is put in in the middle of the sock. So you can have a class full of students and you're teaching and, you know, how it is they get, they'll all nod their head, yep, they get it. And they really do when they leave the class. But in a sock, I taught the new heel in the class, but you know they're not going to get to that heel for two weeks, two months later, and they'll totally forget what they did. So I thought, well, I'll just make me a video. So I had a friend. Whose son was a videography minor at Ohio State University, and he filmed my very first video. And then my local students just kind of became dependent on it. They're like, well, you have a video for that. I thought, like, well, okay, I'll make some more. And that's how I actually got into it. I never set out. I wasn't a technology person. Um, I've since become a bit more adept, but it's. That was how I started. And really, it was just driven by what my students wanted.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. So this, at the beginning, this, this friend of yours came and videotaped it all. How has your – well, so you – so I've been able to see the podcast side from the, you know, almost the very beginning to where we are now. And you've been able to see YouTube and how it has evolved or even just your own channel. So tell us a little bit about that, what, what it was then at the start – how you do things now and how you decide to do it all now and what to teach and how to teach and like what what has changed
1: well first of all my equipment has changed I started you know with a college student and he had nice equipment for a uh, non-professional I should say yeah and then um, I have Moved on to now. I have a professional videographer, and he has you know, HD equipment and mics and lights, and you know we have all kinds of all the bells and whistles to really make for clearer uh, videos. Um, that's probably my one regret that I have is that you. I know you know how YouTube works. Well, how many yeah. views you have that puts you to the top of the pile. So when people search. Yes. So some yeah. of my earlier videos, they're the first one that pops up when you search for, say, Judy's Magic cast But then, you know, the, the, the quality isn't what it is with my newer videos. So I'm like, oh, if I could just do that. But then you lose your, you know, your kind of spot in the, in the search pile. So I've done some, again, because the equipment has changed and I really want, for my popular ones, Students to come to knitters, come to the site and say this is clear, this is great. So I'm always striving to do better. So to me, that's the biggest change is just the equipment. I mean, there's no such thing as an HD video when I started with this.
2: Right,
0: right, right, right. So and um, just to kind of reiterate, so that the the general public knows, when you are on YouTube, the, one of the biggest ways you get your hits, or like if you did a YouTube search for, like she said, Judy's magic cast on. Michelle's videos would come up first. Well, those are some of her newer ones. And YouTube doesn't let you say, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to go in. I'm just going to replace this same video, and, you know, we're just going to, like, swap one out for the other. The first video would have to be deleted. And so she would lose all of those views, making it so when you search for Judy's Magic Cats on, all of a sudden hers would no longer pop up to the top. So that's why I I even get those questions. People are like, can you please redo this video? The sound isn't that great or whatever. And I'm like, you know, some of them I'll redo just because, as you said, it's a popular video, but most of them I'm like, I I can't, like, I have to, I have to move on from this one. And you just kind of pray that people come and look at some of your newer videos so that they can see that the quality has changed.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So it sounds like you have the same situation.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's,
1: I don't know, it's interesting,
0: especially when it comes to like if I'll forget something in a video where it used to be, you could add annotations and now it's like annotations or end screens. And so it's like one or the other and, mm-hmm. I don't know, or, or cards. I mean, and so, I don't know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all very interesting, but, so how long have you been doing YouTube now?
1: Since 2006.
0: Oh, wow. That's a good amount of time. That's about how mm-hmm. long I've been doing the podcast.
1: I, was, yeah. I started in so... 2007.
0: That's crazy. Um, when you started, and um, no that's not that's not the question I want to ask. I want to ask uh, when you started you were teaching, and were you designing yet?
1: I was you know, my simple, I really uh, was doing a lot of socks and uh, it seemed to be that at the time was you know the the popular thing to be knitting, so I did a lot of that and did some designing for myself, but Really, kind of what, and I don't know if this is where you want to go, but really, how I kind of broke out from switching, leaving my teaching position, and doing the yarn business full time was the program that then became my first book. Yes, that's what I was doing. Go ahead. Take it from here, girlfriend. uh, Well, what happened was, you know, I was working in the shop and Every day, knitters would come into the shop and, oh, you know, all I know how to do is knit and purl. I wish I could do something different. And I, you know, and I'd tell them, well, knits and purls are all there is. It's just the different ways we can manipulate them. But I found that knitters came in for beginning knitting, and this was in the height of the scarf craze. And they, you know, make a garter stitch scarf, and then they didn't know where to go next and if they picked a project that was beyond their capabilities they would get frustrated and you know not stick with it so being a school teacher i thought well i wanted to develop a curriculum that took knitters from the knit and purl stitch and moved them through all the major principles in a sequence that made sense and it started in the local shop where i was teaching as a block of the month God. And I also then, students would say, well, would you have a video for that? You know, maybe maybe it was the SSK stitch or something. So I started making videos for that. And so that was how I got, how I then had this idea that this kind of needs to be a book. It has a broader audience. Um, I went how I got actually a book was the shop where I was teaching, I uh recommended Daddy Needles and they're ordered through Schicksell in the US. And the woman who took the orders there was talking to the woman at the shop who placed the orders and she, you know, kept calling and placing in an order uh, an order for number eight needles, which is what I recommended. She says, what's going on there that we have you're ordering, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of these needles all the time. So she kind of told her about that, what I was doing. And, um, you know, they said, that sounds like something that I'll bet the president, Carnes Cassell would like to talk to you about. So we had a meeting and then and the book was born. So I knew I wanted to do a skill building series that was video supported, which at the time no one had done.
0: I, I love it. So, tell us about the book. Um, like, so, if people were to pick up this book, what could they expect?
1: Well, it is um, you know, a squares. There's a sampler square, so that part is not groundbreaking. Each mm-hmm. skill is. Uh, focused in a square. So so the first one is just, as I said, we start with the knit and purl. We move through to a square on charts, on yarn overs, increases, decreases, cables, so that, and they move along so that once you learn something, then you can incorporate it into the next one until at the end, you know, we're on advanced uh, decreases and you have 12, squares that you can, or blocks that are sewn together into a sampler afghan.
0: And so uh, this really is good for beginners and experience. Like you could just play along and have just a wonderful piece. Correct. Awesome. Awesome. And so I, I think about like one of the first times I had a company contact me and want to do some work with me. What was your reaction when Cacel was like, Hey, we want to partner up with you and do this with you.
1: Well, you just are like, really? You know, (laughs) little Michelle Hunter from Columbus, Ohio. But (laughs) I, I knew just by the response locally, I'm like this. This has a potential audience. I never dreamed that it would be what it is. But I thought, well, you know, I, I, you just knew. You just knew it needed to take wings, and. So, when I met um, with Karin Scassell, I'm sure you're like this when there are certain people that you meet, that it is just one thing, ideas are bouncing off each other, and it is just so exciting to keep talking about it. So, we really had a really good rapport, and I loved how I would say one thing, she's like, Oh, well, what if we did this? And then I would reply, Oh, I like that. And then how about this? So just one of those great uh, meeting of the, the minds. That yeah, is a lot of fun. So and I still, yeah, I still enjoy the, the relationship today. So
0: it's all good. That's so great. That's so great. So building blocks went really well. You continue on with the uh, the YouTube channel, and then one of the first things that really made me take notice of you it was your sock opus. So I want, I went to <laughs> about. So I know that's kind of funny. That's probably like, I mean, it's just I saw these. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to make those. And oh, you know how big I am. I'm like, What's it take me forever and a day to make myself a pair of these? But I love them.
1: Oh well, thank you. They are the most fun thing. So, um, for people who are just listening and can't see them, but Socopus is a Pair of full length tights that are knit with all of my scraps of sock yarn. So it was really fun. The legs do not match. They're knit from the toe up. So you say that it'll take you a long time, but honestly, you just keep knitting and it's like a great project to have for your relaxing end of the night knitting. And I, I can't think, I'm too tired because it's all knitting around. You just keep trying it on, it's getting a little small you increase or you know whatever needs to be done there's really it's so much simpler than you think but it is so fun for me because they're a story of like my sock knitting you know I can point to each stripe and say I remember I knit this sock for so and so and where I got the yarn and the legs don't match so they're wild and crazy striped and it's fun they've been photographed in magazines they've they been on planes all by themselves, so, you know, going places with people. So um, I, I feel like it's the, you know, the sisterhood of the traveling tights, but it's yeah. a lot of, they're, they're a lot of fun. And it is my favorite thing to wear. People always say, well, are they hot? But they're really not because we'll breathe. And, you know, it's nature's best way of cooling and when you need to be cooled and warmed when you need to be warm.
0: I love it. I love it. I think these things are awesome, and I'll make sure that we get a, a link and an image put up in the show notes so that everybody can see. And I did post the link to uh, to the Facebook page that way, or uh, on our Facebook live, that we, you guys are watching. I mean, these are these are so cool, and it's a pattern. It's available for six, only six dollars, you guys. Only six. I mean, come on. That these are so awesome. <laughs> they are so awesome. I love them so much. Oh, um, well, thank so you. Here you are. You do building blocks. Um, tell us a little bit about building in color.
1: Well, at the, before building blocks became a a book at the end of my initial students, I had, uh, 25 students and at the end of their series, you know, they, they were hooked on knitting and they loved getting together. We did it once a month. They loved getting together. They had made friends And I said, we want to keep learning. We want to keep this going. What can we do next? Well, most of my students knit their sampler afghan in one color. So I thought, well, let's kind of go to do some color. So I came up with ten panels. It's basically a scarf, ten scarves. And then when they're seamed together, you have a nice-sized blanket. But each panel is a focus on different color work skills. So we have, you know, intarsia and carrying yarns and double-ended knitting and, you know, all kinds of just fun stitches and color techniques. So um, that was my answer to what's next. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, it makes sense to me that you you, you learn all these different stitches and then that's genuinely the next step is people are like, well, how do I work with color? How do I do this? And I'd love that you've, you've put that together for them.
1: It was a, it's, that's a lot of fun. It's a very, the hardest thing is, you know, everybody has a hardest time picking three colors. So, but it's a <laughs> lot of fun to see. And I mean, you know, when you design something and then people knit it and I love what they do with it and I'm like, wow, I never would have thought of those colors. It looks so it's, that great. So it's really fun to see that.
0: I am so with you on that. All right, so you're doing these books, and you start uh, doing some designs for Knitter's Magazine, and then you start to travel and teach at the the knitting events, Stitches events. So talk to me about how your teaching career transitioned from um, just doing it at the shop to traveling the country and teaching at different events.
1: Well, I think just having you know experience locally and being a, a teacher by trade, um, I felt comfortable teaching, and I think when you the first stitches event that I went to, like I really want to teach here, this is just my goal and you know, so you ha- I had to teach. Um, I taught, I started teaching at broader and broader events, I guess you should say. You know, you teach a local shop and then um, maybe a guild, maybe, you know, kind of builds a little bit. Because, you know, it's one thing to teach in your home shop where everybody knows you and you're, you're comfortable, but to get in front of complete strangers and to teach them. And, and every shop has a different personality, so um, just becoming comfortable with that. So, and I really think it was those sock opus tights. Um, when I was in Stitches, they're like, oh my gosh, we need to talk to you about those because I was um, teaching little workshop classes in the Scassel booth. And so I talked with the, the organizers of the Stitches event and, and said, you know, they said, sure, submit your class ideas. And, and that's really how it, it got going. So it's never it always seems, you know, like, as you know, on the outside, it seems like, oh, my gosh, here you are, instant overnight, it's like, no, <laughs> you have to keep working at it, and doing right. things,
0: yeah, so, when you're at these events, what do you like to teach, what, how do you, how did you, so, like, for me, my hardest part from transitioning from Knit Knack, my local yarn store that I, I taught at for five years, and loved, you're absolutely right, there's, there's just this, there's something about the yarn shop and the people that know you and, and there's just this vibe. It's wonderful. But transitioning from that to going to a big Stitches events or even um, different conferences or whatnot, like it, it's a different uh, teaching experience. At least it was for me. How did you find the transition?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because most shops like project-driven classes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in the yarn selling business and they, you know, they will have a, how, you know, how to knit a mitten class, a sock class. But, you know, so it's they're project based where a lot of the uh, larger events, you know, like stitches or TKGA, any, any of the other, Vogue, any of the other ones, they tend to be more technique driven classes. So, right. you know, that is different, I think. Yes. So, yeah. um, you know, I have different classes in my, you know, repertoire, I guess, where the, some of them are, you know, at true project classes and some are more technique. So I think that to me is the difference in learning to, to make that transition because I yeah. started with more project things.
0: Yeah, I would absolutely- you find that as well. Oh, absolutely. And I, I like, I had a couple of project based classes that stitches took when I first started and they were like big crash and burns. And I'm just like, what is going on? So I had to like exactly what you said. I had to sort of reevaluate what I was teaching and how I went about it and went more technique than project driven. That's exactly how I did it. So here you are, you're, you're on demand. You are, (laughs) you are knitting full-time, designing full-time, doing YouTube full-time. When when did you make that decision and was it a difficult decision to make? There are people out there who are I, contemplating that right now, so
1: Yeah. Um I think it when my little part time job, meaning working in, in the yarn industry, the knitting industry, started to be more than my teaching job. So at that point I said, Well, you know, one of them you know, I I need to, to, to make a change. And anybody will tell you, if you can make your hobby your job, meaning your avocation, your vocation, it is the most amazing thing. So I get to teach, which I love to do, and I get to teach my hobby, my passion. So it is just a lot of fun. And I thought, you know what, I have this opportunity. I'm going to try it I knew I could always go back to teaching Mm -hmm. teaching young children so probably like yeah I I do miss hugs you know I get some hugs from students but you know none of them are crawling up in my lap (laughs) yeah I miss the little guys but other than that I don't regret it at all I'll crawl up in your lap Michelle (laughs) oh
0: good that
1: know. would be a photo. I always op. say that's I still hilarious. get to teach, but I'm not wiping noses and behinds because that was. <laughs> oh the little... my gosh! Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. You know what?
0: I think that that was that's a hard decision. I think to make to decide. Okay, I, I'm going full in and I'm just doing it. You know, um, I know that I haven't regretted a day of my life. It there are it's been difficult at times, like financially especially, um, mm-hmm. but I, I love what I do. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, so obviously, your relationship with Skosel has continued to blossom, and rightly so. Uh and is is she's just she's amazing. We we sung her praises a little bit earlier, but I think she's very, very business savvy and intelligent, and she is a knitter, and all, all of it together. I think that that put, comes together and creates a wonderful business. And so the fact that she's partnered up with you consistently, that's a very good business move for her. And your newest book, Building with Lace, is out as of May 2017. Um, Correct. I, I want to talk about that. I mean, it seems like it's the, the natural progression to this would be your next step.
1: Well, and one thing that I left out before I go into Building with Lace is sure. how when Karn and I talked the first time before Building Blocks, my first book came out. I didn't want to write this book that I thought was a careful curriculum and have it just die. And what I felt the success of the book was because it was a curriculum and it's meant to be taught. Yes, you can pick up this book at your local yarn shop and you can knit it on your own and you'll be just fine. Lots of video support. But I wanted shops to have the same success that my Local shop, Knitting Temptations, had, when I say my local shop, meaning my home shop, um, had there. So I wrote for each book a teacher's manual. So that, because I know yarn shops, the hardest time they have are picking classes, getting someone to teach them, and how to, teach, you know, people think, well, I'm not a teacher. I take all of that guesswork out of you. You know, being a teacher, an educator, I'm familiar with teachers' manuals. If you have all of the things in front of you, I give the instructor. It's free for shops who purchase uh, x number of books. Um, They get you know uh, a bound copy, but and I think it's a free download with any purchase. But don't quote me on those. (laughs) That's that's their decision. But this way, a teacher can pick up the teacher's manual and share what I learned teaching these classes and to set up their own series of classes, because it really does help build loyalty to the yarn shop. It helps knitters um, rely on a, on a person and become connected in that local knitting community and it helps the success of the book. So that's what I did. So when, you know, book one and two, we're doing well everybody's like what are you gonna do for three I'm like oh my gosh so what can I but I think the scariest thing my my newest in the building series is building with lace because so many knitters are afraid of lace and it just looks so scary so I wanted to do something Um, You know, when knitters have finished the first two books, they're no longer beginners. They're solid intermediate knitters, and they're looking for something where they can still grow their skills, but that's not at a beginning level. So, building with lace is the answer. So, it is a sampler shawl, all knit in one piece, and each section focuses, just like the other series, focuses on different knitting uh, skills, and um again you know supported with the the online free online video instruction and there's a teacher's manual for the shops and um it's just a wonderful thing because at the end you have a wearable piece of of knitted art so you know I'm very proud of it I'm excited that that the response
0: That's fantastic I love it I love that this is I love that you've done that for the teachers and the yarn shops because I think that that was one of the best things that we had going at our yarn shop was we had excellent teachers. And I'm not just saying that because I was there teaching, but we had excellent, very knowledgeable, wonderful teachers, and um, the the students wanted to take our classes uh, because you know we we had a we had a plan, we had wonderful samples out, we had a, a whole idea. But that's not easy to do for all these shops. So I love that you've you've kind of really supplied what they need in order to be uh, successful in that arena. Like that's really, that's really brilliant. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. Pretty darn great. Uh, I, I skipped one of your books and jumped to the building with lace because I wanted to keep all those three books kind of in order as we're talking about them. But one of the sure. other books, you done is The Best of Knit Pearl Hunter. And talk to me a little bit about this. Is it full of patterns that have been around a while? New patterns? Um, how how did that book come to be?
1: Well, going back to when I started my collaboration with Cassell, um, their idea was to build name recognition for myself was to work, have uh, to lead some knit alongs for them. Yeah. So I started Leading knit alongs, and I, they they've become very popular. Um, They're always um, they're a month long. They are a mystery knit along. Uh, The knitters know what they're knitting; they just don't know what it looks like. And I feature new techniques every time. So, and all of course supported with videos. So uh, very. Uh, appealing to knitters and I answer questions every day. So, you know, if you have a question, having trouble and you know how helpful Ravelry groups are. So if I'm not sitting at my computer, then someone else is and can, and can help as well. So um, these patterns in the book are my knit along patterns. So there are 25 of my knit along patterns that I have featured over the years. And, you know, some of the students, uh, or I, I always call them students, but some of the knitters came to me, maybe, you know, they haven't done all of my knit-alongs, so they're they new to them because they go back uh, all the way back to the beginning. So they're, uh, I think, all with the exception of one, they have been a knit-along. So, it, it, you know, that's how uh, the best of book came to be. I'm very excited because uh the photography is so beautiful. Um I adore the model on the cover. I think she yes. just makes you wanna just I don't know, I wanna go have coffee with her. So, yes, I um, wanna be her amazing. friend. I totally Me wanna too. be her friend. Adorable. Yeah she's just, and I'm so she just looks of her. so fun and happy. Yeah. So um yeah, it was very very wonderful to see them all beautifully photographed.
0: It's really great. I love it. I love, I, I love where you have taken your career because um, it's, it's very inspirational uh, from, you know, teaching in the yarn shop to, okay, I'm going to do some videos to help people out to, all right, I'm going to run this and, and I'm going to get the attention of this Giselle. And so And gazelle's like, you know what? We like this girl. Let's, let's connect with her. And like, you've really built this amazing career and I'm, I just, I, I, it's inspiring.
1: I love it. Oh, well, you're so sweet. thank you. You are an inspiration yourself, my dear. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> thanks so much um
0: i it's just it's fun hearing hearing your stories and and finding this the the story behind it all uh so one of the things that we didn't talk too much about yet is kind of going back to YouTube um now that you've been doing it for several years, do you difficult to? to find topics to teach about, or how do you go about getting or choosing the topics you want to teach?
1: Well, I, for my knit alongs, especially, I try to incorporate something new in each one, meaning something that I haven't focused on in, you know, um, it could be, you know, a different type of heel in a sock, you know, maybe, you know, for instance, like I introduced to my, not necessarily, it's not, Obviously, I didn't invent it, but Japanese short row heels. we hadn't featured that, or so that will drive you know any video and, and that sometimes it's um, sometimes as you know, sometimes a pattern is yarn inspired. You just are like, oh gosh, it just needs to be that. And sometimes yeah. a pattern is technique driven. you know, it's just like, I really want to teach my knitters how to do short rows, and so you, you know, come up with a pattern that, that would highlight that. Yeah. Um, so then that's where the videos come in. And it's nice, now that I have a pretty large library, um, I'm usually filming one specific one, you know, I for each knit-along. And sometimes I might even do one that is specific to that pattern, like, here's how to start the color-matic owl. And, you know, it's not necessarily... Uh, it's just to show them okay and then on row one this is how you manage your yarns but then other times they're just a broad here's how you make a tassel so that you could use it you know anytime it's not just specific to that pattern right right
0: I love it now I want to bring this up because it might be something that uh people will connect you with the scoreboard knit along even my (laughs) friends who are barely knitters they're much more crocheters they're like oh my gosh, I'm doing this. Have you seen this? I'm doing this. Because, I mean, we all love football. And, of course, you had to do them in the Cleveland Browns and the Seattle Seahawks colors. But, you
1: know,
0: it only has to be a Denver Bronco color in there. But that's all right. I digress. Um, (laughs) That that knit-along was so popular. As I said, even my knitting friends or crochet friends who are not knitters were doing it. Um, Can you tell me the story behind that?
1: Sure. I was actually knitting. It is, is actually a pattern in the best of book. It, um, I was given. Oh, I was at a yarn um, event. I think it was T N N A, and we were cleaning up. And Chuck, who works there, said he had some a new yarn simply kriya and gave me you know they had on display one of each color and i so like do you want these i go okay yeah, that's wonderful yarn so i think you know what do you do with one skein of each color you know so so i made a striped towel knitting around and then as i was knitting it what if you did it according to football because i'm a huge football fan so i was trying to think how can i knit stripes, and I just thought it would be really fun because I love football, but I knit when I watch football. So if I have something that's – so I thought if I could tie knitting and football together. So in scoreboard, you knit – you designate – your team has two colors, so I'll do orange and blue for your Broncos. So you would designate the orange color for, say, the – your Broncos and the Navy or the blue color would, would serve as the visitor's color. So every time your Broncos scored, you would knit those number of rows, one for each point in the orange color. And every time the opponent scored, you would knit those number of points would be number of rows in the visitor color. So at the end of the season, you have a knitted record of your season. So, um, that was kind of what I came up with, and I, they were running out of yarn. It was so popular. They really stocked up on all of the – they had all the colors of the major NFL and um college teams, but um it was just a lot of fun, and hearing the stories from people, you know, now I can knit in public. I don't feel bad. I just tell them I'm keeping score, so um, yeah. you know, a lot of – knitting football fans were you know afraid of being called out you know at their local pub if they were watching and knitting so um I, I just heard so many great stories and photos sent to me of you know I made it for my husband I made it for my son I made it for myself you know so it was you know both uh you know men and women were wearing it so and still are so I I just love it
0: I love it was that a great time I- I think it's great. I mean you could even do it for like a peewee team if that was your way of wanting to you know, track the yeah. record of your 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 kids team. I don't know. I love football. You know what we should do, Michelle? We should start like a, a like a knitting teacher's uh, fantasy football league. I love it. Yeah. Right? Do you imagine the smack yeah. talk
1: that would go down
0: with that? <laughs> I give well, be awesome.
1: being a Cleveland Browns fan, the only way I get a win is by my fantasy team. You <laughs> <So, laughs> might as well. I might as well go with it. (laughs)
0: That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't help it.
1: But I do have, um, I follow, I live in Columbus, Ohio, which is where Ohio State University is located. So I do follow a big Buckeye fan. So um, my Saturdays and Sundays are full in the fall are full of knitting. I love it. I
2: love it. I like
0: Ohio State. And it's not, this is going to sound bad. I like Ohio State because I despise Michigan. And my husband is a (laughs) huge huge Michigan fan so much so that he and the boys are going to Michigan for Thanksgiving to watch the Ohio State Michigan game in Michigan oh. and my husband's like you can't go and I'm like well why he said because you'll wear that Ohio State shirt and I just know we'll get beat up, and blow up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know all right all right so they're having a boys weekend but yeah I uh I was in Cleveland last week and I was like I was this close to buying an Ohio State sticker to put on my car because my husband has this monstrosity of an M on the back of his car, and I was like, you know what, it would serve him right, but I didn't because you know I want to be able to go to bed at night <laughs> It'd be okay. So how did he get to be a Michigan fan? Is
1: he originally uh, from there?
0: His family is from there, like his his stepdad, and so growing mm-hmm. up they would watch Michigan games, and so he became a right. big Michigan fan um which is fine but when I was at CU I didn't get along with the Michigan athletes I thought they were pompous and so I just have mm-hmm. never liked Michigan so that was that's our little story that's our little that's mm-hmm. our family uh our our so, that's, yeah. Think, so, yeah, yeah that's our only I think those are the only teams that we really battle because I like I like uh Boston Red Sox and he that's his favorite team um you know and I like the Broncos uh but it's yeah it's the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry that gets
1: us. Oh, that's fun. There was, I I don't know if you saw it, but there was a commercial on ESPN maybe two years ago, but it had a a couple, a young man and woman, and he had on a Michigan T-shirt and she had on an Ohio State T-shirt and they were kissing. And it said, Uh, if it weren't for sports, there'd be nothing wrong with this. Right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. <laughs> so this is just is so funny. So, yeah, sports is just fun, and I love that, that I could bring knitting to it, and I was amazed at the number of knitting football fans. So, you know, people are very passionate about their team and their colors, and, um, you know, it was exciting because then people took the pattern and made all kinds of wonderful adaptations. People put, you know, in Tarja logos and – it was, they really took off, you know, it it just took off. So that was All a lot right. of fun to see.
0: I love it. Well, we have a couple of questions over here on Facebook Live of people who want to who wanna yes. ask you. Um, so Great. So the first question is from Annette, and she wants to know, where is your local shop? Do you still teach at your local shop, and what is the name of it?
1: Yes, my home shop is Knitting Temptations in Dublin, Ohio. It is in the Columbus. It's a suburb of Columbus.
0: All right, cool. And I still teach there. Awesome. And Tammy, our very own Tammy, she wants to know how many times have you had to mend the foot part of your tights? Never, never. That's awesome. I'm like
1: I am, I don't, and it's not just, I'm not a barefoot person. I mean, I don't walk around and I always have, I always have slippers on. So <laughs> it Me too. Help, and it's not because of the homemade, you know, the hand knit socks. It's just because I just like to wear them so I think that really does save my uh, socks I still have my very first pair of socks that I knit and I still wear them so um, they're you know just a little two by two rib and um, in self-striping yarn but I was really proud of them and they're still in great condition I mean well, socks really wear really well
0: yeah yeah well, awesome. Uh, Chris Lopez, she wants to know: uh, Given your background as a, a, a teacher for kids, do you teach kids knitting classes, or only adults?
1: I have taught children before. Um, there's not a terrible demand for it in a in a shop. A lot of times, there uh, maybe schools will have a club, and you know, I'll have. Uh, Teachers come to me, elementary school teachers, and they'll come and say, you know, I want to teach, you know, a little recess knitting class, and I'll kind of help them along with that about which, you know, just kind of tips that I have um, for beginning knitting that, that you need to, and, and that are really helpful and useful when teaching with children. So um, don't teach children so much anymore.
0: All right. All right, cool. Uh, the only last thing is that there's not questions, but there are people saying "Go Buckeyes." So Kate says, "Go Buck!" <laughs>
1: <laughs> <So>, yay! <laughs> well, yes, and you know, I always like preseason because we, you know, right now preseason rankings, which mean absolutely nothing, but we're number two, so I'm fine with that. You know, so it's Red Hot like came out. preseason in football means nothing, and right? the Browns are are two and zero, oh, so. <laughs>
0: Um, Red Heart came out with a Team Spirit yarn. It's it's like all the all the team colors sort of things, but they came out and it's a chunky, and my daughter loves knitting with chunky yarn. She's like, um, I'm gonna knit dad a Michigan scarf for their trip, so she is knitting a garter stitch Michigan scarf with the Spirit chunky yarn, and I have the Team Spirit chunky yarn in in Ohio State colors, and so I'm like, oh. "What was I- I should I
1: (laughs) I know oh I think you should right there's a lot of hand knit Ohio State items I could channel along to you if you would like we could have you head to toe head to toe
0: I would be awesome my my best friend's husband would not let me in their house he's a huge Michigan he has a beer opener that sings the Michigan fight song every time he uses it Oh, it's so so obnoxious (laughs) It's and it is, and it is obnoxious. And is obnoxious. there are
1: certain teams that are very polarizing. You know, yeah. the New York Yankees, Ohio State, uh, Notre Dame, Michigan, big teams that people you love them or you hate them. So, yeah, University um, it, of Florida, the Gators, Oakland Raiders. Yeah, and it just Right? Yeah, but that's what makes it so fun is if uh-huh. there if it weren't for rivalries, sports would be boring. So
2: right. I mean
1: I don't like Michigan uh, as a football team, but I appreciate their fans. They're great fans. And I like that they're loyal to it because the game would be boring if they weren't. So um, it's,
0: don't get me wrong. If fun. my boys got a scholarship to Michigan, I would quickly become a Michigan fan, but then
1: oh, I'm going yes.
0: Ohio state.
1: <laughs> we'll see. My <laughs> youngest daughter played field hockey and she was, recruited by Michigan State and everyone said, Well, what are you know, what would you do? And I'm like, Fair paying her tuition bills, I will wear green. So but she ended up playing for Ohio State. So (laughs) I didn't have to change. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right,
0: Michelle. So it's the time of the show that we give away prizes and I think that you have prizes to give away. Is that correct?
1: I do. I have my two newest books, Building with Lace and The Best of Knit for Hunter.
0: All right. So what we will do is we will give one book away to a comment winner um, from leaving a note or leaving a comment on the show notes, and it will give the other prize away to somebody who calls in live here to the broadcast this morning. So we'll let the live winner choose which one he or she wants, and the other book will go to the commenter. Is that cool? Perfect.
1: Perfect. Perfect.
0: Okay, so go ahead, have a drink. I'm going to talk for just a little bit here for a second. If this is the first time you listen to the yarn thing podcast welcome we are glad you are here hopefully you've enjoyed the conversation and learned something a little bit new about one of your favorite knitwear teachers knitwear designers wonderful youtube hosts Um, Michelle Hunter is fantastic and I know that you're going to love her and all of her different books that she has put out, uh, on the yarn thing podcast, we are blessed that we have guests that come on the show and offer prizes to, um, both a call in listener and to somebody who leaves a comment after the show. So for those of you who are listening live, the guest call in number is 347-539-5589-347. So, what you need to do is just pick up your phone, give us a call, and you'll be placed in a switchboard. The switchboard just has all of these phone numbers just listed out for me. I don't see names. I don't see anything else. Um, and what will happen is we will randomly select a winner from the switchboard, and um, that person will win uh, one of the, one of the two books that Michelle just mentioned. If you are not listening live, don't worry. There's always a chance for you to win as well. After the show today, our social Medusa, Tammy, will put the show notes up over at MarleyBird.com. You just go to MarleyBird.com, click on the drop-down menu for podcast or blog, and then click on show notes, and you'll find the show notes for today's podcast. In there, there should be a brief synopsis of the show, some links, some images. Anything that you might have missed will be included right there. And at the bottom of there of that. The show notes you'll see where it says leave a reply or leave a comment and you will simply do just that you will leave a reply or leave a comment that includes a keyword that Michelle will give us here in a minute so that keyword acts as sort of your your golden ticket that's your proof that you've listened to the podcast then you just kind of sit back and wait for us to select a winner and we select a winner about two to three weeks after the original air date of the podcast why so long because we know that you have a life just like we do. And sometimes you don't get a chance to listen to the show right away. And so we want to make sure you have every opportunity to listen to all of the podcasts and go back and leave your comment on the show notes. So there's always a chance for you to win. which I think is great. I don't know of any other podcast that offers you two different chances to win and has such phenomenal guests on the show and, you know, has been around for 10 years and all that good stuff. So, Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Um, so what will happen now, once again, the guest call in number is three, four, seven, five, three, nine, five, five, eight, nine. And I am going to grab Tammy. I asked Tammy what phone number she's calling in on. Cause Tammy moved recently, everybody. So I'm not sure. Um, if she changed her number. So I'm asking Tammy right now, Tammy, what is the area code of where you're calling in from? I want to make sure I click on the right phone number. Um, So while she is hopefully telling us that Michelle, are you there? I'm here. All right. Uh, So the, the, the key word, have you have a chance to think about what the key word you want them to
2: use is?
1: Building.
0: Building.
2: All right. That's good.
0: My building
1: book, my building series.
0: Awesome. So building will be the key word, everybody, and I'm going to bring Tammy on. Let's see here. Tammy, are you there? You found me.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: Okay, I'm going to mute myself, and you take it away. Okay, get a sip of water.
2: Hi, Michelle.
1: Hey, Tammy, how are you?
2: I'm fine. So so um, Marty asked you the code word, which is something that I usually do. So I'm going to ask you um, – are you, you're you probably really looking forward to being at Maker's Mercantile uh, the weekend of September 16 and 17, if I remember correctly. Um, you in, are correct. In Kent, Washington, near Seattle. Um, well, um, Marty is teaching at Stitches, Texas, so you won't be able to run into each other at that event. But um, can you, do you want to um, talk about what you'll be teaching at Maker's?
1: Well, I'll be doing some different classes. I'll be doing one on a technique called Navajo intarsia, which is incredibly interesting. And we will start to make a shawl, which is sheer, but it has opaque motifs on it, giant polka dots, and they dance on it, which are opaque. So we alternate plies all using one skein of yarn, so it's like in torsion, but we never have to uh, have separate sources of yarn. So it's really interesting. And I'm teaching double wow. knitting and then a plaid technique.
2: Something for everybody, beginners. It sounds like, but those with really adventurous knitting spirits. Sure, awesome. That'll be that'll be so cool. So if you're in the Seattle area and can't make it to stitches, definitely look into that. Um, and are you going to be there for Vogue
1: Knitting? I will not be. Okay. Just checking because I didn't know.
2: Um, so what we're going to do, you and I, is go back and uh, look, pick a comment winner from when Edie Ekman was on, and she shared her um, fabulous Borders books for crocheters. Um, the uh, code word at that time was slenderly. And... <laughs> A brand-new commenter um, said, I just started listening to your podcast. Uh, so this was a message to Marley. I just started listening to your podcast about a week ago, and I am hooked. I listen to my car at work. You've also been substituted for Netflix. And that has definitely shocked my husband. He's been handed over the remote. So he thanks you as well. Just wanted to put put in my slenderly comment and say hello. Can't wait for the next podcast, and we'll take advantage and catch up while we wait. Have a good two weeks. So, yay for first listener, Myra. She's the winner of Edie Eckman's Crochet Border Books, and you've given us your code word building for uh, your books. That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Very cool. How cool. What a nice comment is that.
2: That's awesome.
0: That's so cool. All right. Well, thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Marley. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, Tammy. All right, so building is the keyword, everybody, if you missed that, and I want to remind you that we love your comments on Facebook, on Twitter, on Ravelry, Instagram, you know, everywhere else, but to be entered for a chance to win a copy of the book, you must leave your comment on the show notes over at MarleyBird.com, okay, everybody? All right, so I am going to go over to the switchboard, and I am looking at 34 callers, so quite a few callers here. Uh, want to have a chance to win one of your books it's a, what I'm doing is I'm scrolling up and down with my mouse you tell me when to stop that will be the lucky winner and uh, they'll get to select which book they want to have hands up it stopped oh it's the second one from the end alright so it's 416 I'm going to click on this 416 hello uh, hello hi what's your name
2: uh, I'm Sarah Dawn I missed that one more oh, time wow. Uh, I'm Sarah Dawn.
0: Hi, Sarah. Where are you calling us from? I'm actually calling from Canada. Oh, very cool. <laughs> well, Sarah Dawn, I didn't think I'd win it. <laughs> yeah, I mean
2: it's a Toronto Toronto area code. Very cool. Well, congratulations. I'm actually surprised. That I haven't. I didn't expect to win anything.
0: Oh, you know what? It's it's so random. You just never
2: know. You want to say hi to Michelle Hunter? Hello. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for listening. Oh, no problem. When I saw you were the one on the show, I'm like, wait a minute. I've seen your stuff. <laughs> I like, oh, God.
0: That's a familiar so cool. name. That's so cool. Well, Sarah, do you have a preference on which book you would like to have? Um, what were the options? It's Building in Lace or The building Best of
1: with Lace? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Best of the 400.
0: Okay. The
2: Best
1: can of you, uh, can I
2: pick up the um, Can I pick up the Lace one?
0: Sure. Yeah. So this is what we will do. Sarah. You need to email me, winner at yarnthingpodcast.com, winner at yarnthingpodcast.com, your mailing address and phone number. I'll send it off to, to Michelle, who probably sends it to Skiselle, and they will send you a copy of your book, and uh, you'll Wonderful. have to make
2: sure
0: you take pictures and let us know on Facebook. Say, hey, I got my book, and show us what you made. So, winner at yarnthing.com. Yarnthingpodcast.com.
2: All right. Okay.
0: All right. Congratulations!
2: Wonderful. Thank Sarah. you.
0: Thank you. Congrats. You're welcome. Man. All right, bye, Sarah. Thanks for listening. Bye. So cool. There you go. i never. I don't think Sarah's the first time winner. I don't think she's ever
1: won before. Oh, I know. I think she was so shocked. But and how fun <laughs> that it was! It was international.
0: That was international. So fun. Well, Michelle, I seriously, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I had so much fun talking to you today. I love chatting with you. And I do wish we were able to spend more time together when we're at the same events together. Um, maybe we'll have to try and even like on Thursday night, just grab a dessert or something. Because that's usually one of yes. our only nights. But uh, exactly. I, just, I would I love, love that. talking to you. I love it. I love it. Oh, wow. Give my love to the wonderful Scissel people, um, and uh, you know, especially Chuck. I love Chuck, and uh, I just wish you nothing but the best of luck with everything you're doing. And you're welcome on the show whenever you want to come on. Just oh, let me know well, that's if so it
1: happens.
0: Yeah, especially I mean, even if it's you have a knit along or anything going on, you want to come and tell everybody about it. Just just drop me a line. Come on over.
1: Will do. And it's right, been an honey. honor. I appreciate it. All right. It. All right. Well, thank Thanks you very so much.
0: All right, you too. Bye, babe. Bye-bye. So Bye. fun. Bye. Michelle Hunter, everybody. Knit Pearl Hunter is her YouTube channel. You can check her out. She's Knit Pearl Hunter on Ravelry as well. You can check out all of her designs over there. I am loving this ambiguous cowl. I actually just bought the How She Made It. Uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome. It's uh, It looks like it's stranded knitting. And I don't know if it's doubled over or I don't know. I'll, I just bought it, so I will find out all the details about it pretty darn cool i uh, hope you enjoyed today's show everybody and i hate to say this but next week i will not have another show um when i'm able to tell you guys everything that's going on right now you will be like that's why she wasn't on the podcast as often as i normally am uh so i apologize but next week i will be spending the entire week um uh, somewhere. (laughs) We might be doing a contest of kind of a where's Marley. So make sure you are joined up with the Marley Bird Facebook page. That way you can play along and have a chance to win prizes. Um, And once again, I'm going to be taking lots of pictures and such of where I am. so That way, when I can share with you all of these fun details, you will just be like, Oh, my gosh this is this is super exciting because there's a lot of really exciting wonderful things happening on in my life um, and it will directly transfer into your life as well and I wish I didn't have to like like what do they call it vague booking vague booking or vague podcasting about it but uh, I seriously just 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 be happy. Just be happy, everybody, because you know what? Why not? Life's too short not to be happy. And I, I am so thrilled you guys are here and watching this journey happen with me and participating with the podcast and supporting all these wonderful designers, both knitting and crochet and yarn producers and everybody. Um, it really does mean a lot, and it really helps my industry grow, and which in turn helps you and your craft. It's It's a lot of wonderful times. So don't forget, we always have $1 Wednesday here on the Marley Bird Facebook page. We also have Thursday Trivia over on the Marley Bird blog. Every Thursday, there's a new trivia question. All you have to do is post your answer and you have a chance to win a $25 gift package from Red Heart Yarns. Um, Last but not least, I will be posting about a big, big, big giveaway uh, that I am doing on YouTube. I am going to film the video today to tell you all about the giveaway, and hopefully I'll be able to post the video tomorrow, so you will not want to miss that. If you have not yet, subscribe to the Marley Bird YouTube channel, so that way you are up to date whenever there is a new video released, especially now that I'm doing giveaways on YouTube. You won't want to miss out because they are fantastic. Let's hit our Happy Vibes music because, you know, I love it. It's good stuff. Can't get enough of the Happy Vibes. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining me today, both on the podcast and on Facebook Live. And thank you to our sponsors, Buffalo Wool Company, Creative Bugs, Aaron Lane Bags, Craftsy, Stitches.Events, and last but not least, Red Heart Yarns are on the Proud National Book Service. I hope you guys will hang around and chat, and I will uh, talk to you as soon as I can. Love you guys. Bye.